After Dark, starring John and Danny. And I'm talking right away. It's amazing. Oh, Daddy, you're uncomfortably close to me. I love it. Um, guys, welcome to Grim After Dark. I have a tiny daddy on my shoulder. Um, I love that. This is uh, My name is John, and this is the literal Seinfeld of the Warhammer community, a show about nothing where we recap the last week in the Warhammer world with the best players and content creators from around the world. Uh, tonight, Chaos players have been stereotyped as the whiniest player base. Uh, and then that's all I really want to say about that. No. Uh, with expectations so high for their faction that simply showing a chaos model should cause all of your opponent's dice to roll ones in fear. Uh, but Mike Pastelins from Warpammer is here to give us the straight talk on chaos. Uh, before we get going today, guys, FLG Full Color Terrain is back in limited quantities um, as we continue to work through the challenges of slowed supply chains and the lack of repair parts for manufacturing equipment. We wanted to give all of you a chance to get some of the highly sought after FLG Full Color Terrain. And in order to do that, all we can do to meet demand, we are offering a limited number of the full color sets each Monday. That's today. Um, along with this comes a 15% discount on any frontline gaming match you purchase along with the Full Color Terrain set. Uh, these are likely to sell out quickly, so be sure to act quick. This week is the FLG Full Color Gothic Terrain set. Uh, this terrain looks amazing, uh, better than Pearl Painted. It's going to impress anyone on the tabletop uh, and get you more time to paint your armies rather than your terrain. It's great stuff. Uh, my co-host today needs some introduction. I mean, we already saw him earlier. Here's my little parrot on the shoulder. And, and producer Val, if we could just make it uh, his permanent position, uh, that would be fantastic. Uh, he's the terror of the mid-tables. And the man who puts the word distraction into Carnifex, um, it's Danny McDevitt. Hey, John. Great to be here. <laughs> I, You know, I tried to give you a little bit of, like, devil on one sh shoulder, angel on the other. But... Uh, <laughs> Val screwed up the other. You're people. like you're like the middle-aged mom. We're like I could be your devil or your angel, except it's just on one shoulder there. Um, I think, and again, this is a fun inside baseball. My favorite bit so far in this past months we've been doing this uh, was seeing our producer like fist punch there, like yeah, when the transition worked perfectly. It's great. <laughs> My super favorite thing, um, Danny. So much news from the last week. What are you excited to talk about today? John, there's so many things, right? Like, I mean, we're looking at uh, some, first of all, I'm excited to talk about some of the reviews that we have on here tonight. Oh, uh, yeah. From some of our uh, more active listeners or maybe less active listeners. Uh, I'm eager to talk <laughs> Innis Wilson a little bit. <laughs> um, Guys, and show uh, of course, I'm we're excited going... about this, uh, the Seinfeld meme for this week, of course. Yeah. Guys, the show has everything. I put a Seinfeld meme back in, uh, the kind of the request of Danny. Uh, we're going to fuck Innis Wilson, which we haven't done in months out of respect where he's like, stop using me for content. We're like, okay. Uh, we're going to look at some reviews people have left for the show. That's literally um, everything. And we're again talking to Mike Pestilence. Um, Danny, let's oh, yeah, waste no good. more time. Uh, introduce this week's guest who's going to help us go through the last week in Warhammer, as well as maybe correct or reinforce some stereotypes from the world of chaos. That's me. <laughs> if you could also introduce the guest, that would, that would yeah, be sure. great. Okay, cool, John. Uh, yeah, so uh, tonight we've, we're, we're getting uh, Mike straight from Warpammer.com uh, uh, to come on and, or Warpammer.com, I'm so sorry. Uh, to Did give you say us, straight uh, the from Warpammer? Yeah, Warpammer, that's a totally different thing, isn't it? I'm sorry. Yeah, I was close, right, Mike? I was close. 
I, you know what I'm, 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 I'm freaking trying over here. <laughs> Danny, you're doing just as well as I expected. Okay, thank you. That is uh, about as much of a compliment as I deserve. Wow. Yeah. Totally so to be here, guys. Yeah, so no, great to have on. Yeah. yeah, we're really yeah. happy to have you. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the Alaska connection strong today. Um, awesome to have you here, as always. Uh, we're going to start this week with one of the best players in the UK, Innes Wilson, um, who celebrated winning the Manchester GT with his tiered list. Um, of course, I celebrated with my fellow countrymen the only way I knew how, through sarcasm, uh, letting him know that clowns continue to win tournaments, um, which was, I thought, a you know, pretty funny joke about there. Of course, Innes, Innes is a consummate professional who ignored my mean spirit to dig with the simple question of, Oh, cool. What did you win this weekend? Uh, the answer is nothing. Uh, and I think you know that, Innes. Uh, this is uh, for both of you guys, though. Have you ever had a joke blow up in your face uh, on the table or, or sort of related to the game there? We're going to start with you here, Danny, and then we'll move across the mic. No, John, all my jokes land 100%. Sorry, man. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Flawless <laughs> professional. Love it. Good time. Mike, is that a thing kind of you have you ever said anything table side? We're like, oh no, why did that happen? Well, the issue is when I play, I'm very self-deprecating, both about like how the games can go. I'm always like, oh, the game's going the worst, like there's no way I can come back and win. And then when I win, I feel like a real dick. I feel like I've misled them or something. I spent <laughs> the entire game making self-deprecating jokes and managed to win. So that counts that counts as blowing up, right? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, and that's a, definitely a danger when you're like, oh, man, this is a really tough. I don't know if I'm going to win this. And again, at the time, you're trying to kind of put them at ease and have that good experience. But afterwards, it's just like, oh, no, this was not hard at all. Uh, Danny, of course, your massive ego doesn't let you have conversations like that. Um, how does it feel for you when someone is really like your opponent is like really self-depreciating the whole time? And then just uh, and it does happen. Uh, whoop your ass. What what are you talking about? That's never even happened to me once. So I believe that's happened one or two times. No, I'm immune no. to loss. <laughs> oh, fair, fair enough. Um, I do want to say my answer to Ennis, of course, when he asked what I won, was impeccable as always. Uh, yeah, COVID. Uh, I, I won COVID the weekend. He was asking about uh, two two weeks ago. I won that. Uh, see if you can tell what episode. By the way, I was uh, neck deep in the <laughs> symptoms. Uh, it's pretty obvious. I was not good and worse than usual for those who don't like us. Yeah. Hey, um, for, hold on yeah. a second here, John. Yo. Let's talk about ego. Are we, what was this, a review of your Twitter feed? Is that what we're using for material tonight? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a slow news week. Like nothing's okay. happened. I just I just wanted to to make that really good joke and get a little bit, maybe okay. sympathy five-star reviews on iTunes. <laughs> uh, we're, we're streaming with diseases. Well, Doc, your voice sounds great today. It does. It does. It's, it's all. It's all past. It's all. It's all good now. Um, <laughs> lots of great mom jokes on on the chat. By the way, thank you so much. I'm gonna not read these so Tyler doesn't have to edit out a whole section. But but thank you for that. Um, I don't want to make a Will Smith moment and have Ennis give me a well deserved slap, but I do want to point out that his first round opponent at the Manchester GT was legendary singer Michael Bolton, uh, playing with Necrons. So you know you got to think that that's a, a little bit of a gimme round. Uh, but a beautiful voice nonetheless. Hey guys, uh, the Horus Heresy is back. That's it for my Twitter feed this week, by the way. We're going to go back to like actual news items and not just oh, people good. saying that I'm bad at the game. Um, no, that, that's not news. Uh, the Horus Heresy is back and we're so excited about it. Danny, I pulled out all the stops with a Seinfeld inspired meme. Uh, and then Mike, if you haven't caught the show here before, Danny's favorite thing to do is literally just explain what a Seinfeld meme is well, to like the season and episode detail. I mean, we talked about the Kenny Rogers Roasters episode already a little bit. 
Um, but this, of course, is from that. That's where this meme is derived. Um, but this also references an event in in, in Warhammer 40,000 uh, history called the Horus Heresy. If you're not familiar with that, like check it out sometime. Uh, the series of books is all right. Um, but it helped to shape the 41st <laughs> millennium. And so here... <laughs> I'm sorry, did you say the 50 epic uh, story trilogy or story of the Horus Heresy is just all right? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Five stars. It, it's cool. Yeah, I would give it like three. Three out of five. A lot of filler. Three out of five. Uh, read it if you want. Um, it's pretty good. Well, no, it, it's fine. It's, it's fine. Every other book's really good. Yeah, there you go. That's that's the right answer. See? And that's like, and There's I'm giving it three out of five because the books that are good are pretty, are yeah. real good. But the books that aren't are like, Real you know, written bad. by James Wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we yeah. have to read book next week's guest, Daddy. Thanks a lot. Um, can't wait to read Nemesis. <laughs> I think everyone can. Uh, Mike, to bring you in here a little bit, this great subversion of that Will Smith meme that's been going uh, on is another little bit of lore. Um, as we have Danny again, I just I want you to explain everything here. What's going on with this uh, image that we're seeing here? All right, so Chris Rock, uh, I think it was, what, this weekend or last week, um, was slapped by Will Smith for making an alopecia joke. Now, I don't ever condone physical violence, but at some point you have to realize that your words have consequences. So uh, this slap may or may not have been deserved. I mean, I'll leave that up to you. I think legally speaking, probably. Uh, it probably is an actionable offense. I think probably he could be sued. Um, but uh, hey, I don't know. It might be, might be, might be criminal. Uh, I'm not really sure. I haven't finished criminal law yet. <laughs> <laughs> but this meme references that the emperor's children, despite being a chaos faction, have decided to keep the emperor's name. And so, referencing that, the Black Templars as devout emperists. I don't know what is is that right? Yeah, uh, they slap they, they you know they, they they don't like that they're calling themselves slap the taste anymore. out of their mouth for that. Keep that name out of your mouth. You're welcome, Tyler. I will say, uh, if there's any legion that wants to be slapped, I mean that's a really bad choice for me. Yeah, that's a win-win for them, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm gonna call myself even harder. Uh, so, oh. Mike, uh, for those uh, watching, listening here, and by the way fantastic start to the show guys where we just look at pictures and then describe them just as our producer said it's important riveting, for our podcast listeners john riveting audio content for the future um and will smith jokes uh one why did the emperor's children keep that name you're an emperor's children player where we're asking the questions here that matter why, why why did they keep that name why didn't they change it to i don't know slanesh's butt monkeys you know i used to know that and I just spent so much time reading the stratagem section of Faith and Fury that I've forgotten everything else Emperor's Children related. <laughs> if it's not in the stratagem description text, I don't know it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Big thanks oh. to GW for not putting that much fluff in their stratagems. Uh, obviously, it's it's a losing business strategy here. Danny, <laughs> do you know why Honor the Prince? Yeah, 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 Danny, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you read Honor the Prince real well for yeah. a long time. <laughs> um danny do you know why that is there why why what they call them why are they so children? called emperor's children i think is it's it because they're a massive disappointment to their john. father john i think it's mockery that's fair that's fair yeah, yeah. okay yeah, they like uh, to go uh, into battle literally yelling like for the emperor death to his foes they've yeah. got a good sense of humor <laughs> it's just it's, it's all i Slanesh is famous for that actually i don't know if you knew that 
He's the god really of jokes. Really dry sense of humor because of all yeah. the moistness elsewhere. Um, so shock. Anyway, moving on. Coming out of the Warhammer Plus arena, uh, with rumors that the studio that was making the Exodite is actually no longer working on the project anymore. Um, and this kind of works between the thing here, where where there's the the rumors of tension between the 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 animators and GW and kind of the the things between that there. Um, this has been seen by some to be a sign of GW's continued wars with the animators they've hired. Uh, what are your guys' takes on not only the Warhammer Plus content that we've seen, um, and also kind of what it means for the future of Warhammer animation in, in general? Starting with you, Danny uh not good john i hope we don't end up with ultramarine because of this or or ultramarine too uh this time they walk further (laughs) uh mike have you had a chance to check out any of the warhammer plus content yet all i've checked out is the internet reviews of those so from those i'm not getting a great impression Okay, okay, so what are some of the things that if you were to construct, like, an episode of Hammer and Bolter, uh, which, by the way, AOS people are very upset that there's no hammers and lots of bolters. Um, <laughs> bolter and Bolter. Uh, what is kind of that average episode of Hammer and Bolter to you? I'd love to see stuff focused on each of the Chaos Gods, just like a day in the life of a corn Berserker. I want to see how they sleep. I want to see how they get up. Like, at what point during the day do they start feeling angry? Do they wake up angry? Do they wake up and try to, like, tie their shoes and they can't do it because their hands are too shaking and then they just get furious the rest of the day? Um, Every little thing just frustrates them. So, like, exactly. they pour the milk into their cereal and it splashes over a little bit and it's just five minutes of screaming. Yeah, exactly. Just, like, snapping utensils while they're eating. <laughs> just... I see- um, they're like the old Rick and Morty. It's the, I don't know if you guys heard of Rick and Morty. It's the show like you need to be like a little bit of a higher IQ to really understand a lot of the depth and nuance of the jokes. I heard um, that. One of them turned himself Why? into a pickle. Funny, Funny I ever saw. I ever saw yeah. But there was one episode where like they moved to a planet where the sun screamed the entire time. And that's sort of how I imagine your corn berserkers day that he just wakes up screaming and then screams all day through the most mundane tasks. Uh, and then just, you know, falls to the wayside there. Uh, Danny, what do you see as sort of being the future of Warhammer Plus uh, or kind of where where do you think it's going? I mean, I don't think it's going anywhere. Their IP is too valuable to kind of just give up on something that that's uses it at, at that much. I mean, I think that uh, I don't think the like one show me maybe being canceled is like indicative of an entire series not... Uh, or like like the entirety of Warhammer Plus like going away. I think that that's kind of a, I think that's kind of a silly conclusion to draw. Yeah, to be fair, and then just referencing the chat here, uh, someone said five minutes of screaming sounds like Danny's finishing move. To which I respond, uh, that would be oh, yeah. just you screaming uh, when he keeps beating you. Uh, and in Twitter news, uh, this person here was saying, "Still miss the Stardays, but I see what you did here at Warhammer Official. About time too. Your animations looked very dated by at least twenty plus years." Uh, which is just a giant sort of uh, insult to him, especially when we consider that I found this picture of an animation from 20 years ago. Uh, let me tell you, uh, Warhammer Plus looks better than this. That's from 2002's Ice Age, uh, which, of course, uh, high quality animation there. So well, so I would say maybe 10 years old, maybe not 20 years old. Uh, go with Ice Age. 2002 is a banner year for animation. Uh, Danny, help us out with this one here. Lead us through this next picture we're going to look at. Uh, the category I put this under oh. is, why does this exist? 
dude, I don't know. And weaves and shit. like it's terrible. <laughs> uh, like, so just for for people who got past all those beeps there from from Danny's statement, uh, what we're looking uh, at here is a uh, someone has designed and three D printed themselves an avatar of Kane. Uh, maybe some gender swapping went on. Uh, maybe some unrealistic proportions right there on that model. <laughs> I, why? I think is the politest way I can put it. Do you do you think the avatar is gender? I don't know. Is 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 Kane a a, a guy? That's true. Is it's it kind of our assumption that Kane's been. I, don't, I feel like every third party man, it's just they can't resist. There's a certain aesthetic yeah. they just need to get in there. Guys, I was going like to say war games exclusive, right? Like to the max. Like <laughs> I, I was saying here, it was like this is something we've seen for a while with sort of the sexualization of factions to the point where like we've even seen like a big titty Necron Lord. Um, why do you think this keeps happening? And starting with you, Mike, why do people see like things like yeah, I could strap boobs onto you? I'm trying to think what I'm allowed to say here. <laughs> I just I think that people. Um... They want to express certain, you know, interests in the hobby. Um, and obviously GW is never going to print a big titted Necron, Necron warrior um, for better or worse. Just to clarify it much for well, better. Um, I so Warhammer was for everyone, Mike. <laughs> yeah. I no. After the Slanesh refresh, like a couple of years ago, I think they made her Sigmar with like the new keepers and stuff. We only got one boob per model. So if you really want two boobs per model, you really have to go third party. Or alternatively, buy two keepers of secrets. <laughs> the world's most expensive kit bash. Uh, uh, plus side one, I know who to stay away from in tournaments when I see armies now. That is true. Uh, and yeah, that is two. Uh, I'm not going to do that. I'll tell you guys that joke later. But it's something that wouldn't really land. It's a good time. <laughs> we'll move on. Well, we'll move on. Um, oh. Adepticon news keeps on coming uh, with some Age of Sigmar da- uh, drama, Danny, that we were, were talking oh. about earlier in the week here. Fresh off declaring that they don't use pairing software like the most excellent Best Coast pairings uh, <laughs> due to round delays seen by the frustration, frustrating Best Coast pairings of 2020 and earlier. Um, let me tell you, there was no way anything could possibly go wrong. Uh, possibly go wrong. Uh, but nothing could go wrong only doing pen and paper pairings. Right, Danny? uh yeah i i love the jaunty angle that that picture was was set at because it really sets the tone as being mocking as it should be for this uh this email that was that was sent out so i appreciate our producer val presenting it in the light that it deserves to be delivered no mike i know adepticon is kind of like a casual event age of sigmar of course the most balanced game in the world right now where everyone's riding a dragon um but what is sort of your opinion on kind of what happened here? Like, I don't know if you're aware, like they gave this girl, Emma, uh, first place. You did always. And then they emailed her the next day to be like, yeah, we got our math wrong. You didn't win. Uh, sorry. Like, what? What's your take on that? I think ultimately it's definitely unfair to the person that was awarded the trophy. But at the same time, it's also unfair to the person that got second. I think just whatever you do, you just have to be extremely apologetic. Like, I really have no issue with either person being given the like first place or trophy or award but you just have to like acknowledge like you really screwed up there you got to be super apologetic i will say there's yeah. a similar go ahead no i just agreeing with you i said yeah yeah i would say there's a similar situation there's a large tournament um held in las vegas i'm not going to name 
where had a great time, uh, was the top ranked uh, cast Space Marine player, but just because they realized the faction rankings, they just looked um, by the listed cast Space Marine instead of Emperor's Children. So it wasn't caught at first. And that's totally fine. Like it happens, you know, it's, it's just a game. You have to handle it with class, but at the same time, yeah, the TO has to acknowledge that, Hey, you know, we made a mistake. And did the TO of that small time Las Vegas event acknowledge that they made the mistake on your behalf there? <laughs> to be honest, I really don't remember a lot about what happened that evening. Um, so I'm going to go no comment on that one. <laughs> yeah. Wallace yeah. and I had a really good time in Vegas that evening. Man, I had, I had a rough, I had a rough night the first night too. I, I, I get it. Yeah, he was yeah. floored by some of those reveals. Um, <laughs> GW, guys, GW can turn the faucet off as the Terranid Codex has been fully leaked for a while now. And now we have commentators asking things like, uh, uh, like asking GW specifically. Uh, serious questions a lot of us are asking. The Terranid Codex has been leaked for over a week. There are YouTube channels that cover the whole Codex, and people have even done battle reports with it now. Why are you waiting for a release on a book most of us already know all the rules for? Why not just launch it now? Uh, Mike, do you think GW is going to get control of its leaker? Because it does seem to be someone internal based on the quality of the, the releases. Yeah. And so, Danny and John, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, but to be honest, I'm not a big fan of the, whatever the leaker is doing. Because all it's doing is damaging the people with relationships with GW. Because now they don't have the same level of trust. It's one of those things like, hey, you're going to get some internet likes. You're going to get some internet comments. Like, big congrats. You're damaging like people's professional relationships. So... I don't know. What do you guys think? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Oh man, I have lots of thoughts. Uh, well, Danny, like, go. Yeah. <laughs> um, first of all, uh, I don't, I, and I don't know who this leaker is or anything like that. But what a load of garbage! Like that, this person has decided <laughs> that it's okay to just totally break whatever NDA they have and release all this stuff. Like, there's a lot of people that produce content, and that content is effectively ruined before it's even released. Like. The whole point of being able to preview this stuff and analyze it is so that you can put out some con you can put out some content with review of this product so that that's new and lets pe gets people excited about it. It ruins all the hype and 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 everything else that builds for this product. I think that's really important um, because like it yeah. might be leaked months before it's actually released, right? And so like people are just waiting for this stuff like to to come around and like. I think it. I think ultimately, this this actively decreases sales for Games Workshop. So not only does it hurt, not only does it hurt the people that are making content. I feel like it hurts the company itself um, in a lot of ways. Because why would I buy the product when I can simply download these pictures online of the of this uh, of images of this codex that's you know coming out in two months or whatever? So. I just, uh, it's super, it's super frustrating to me as somebody who does do like content reviews and that kind of thing. Uh, it definitely devalues my product. It devalues Games Workshop product. And uh, like it screws up all the articles that they have leading up to this. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, who wants to read a, who wants to read an article about how cool Hormigons are when we all knew what Hormigons did like a month ago? Uh, that's just, yeah, I don't yeah. know. All I know uh, as kind of a content creator along with Daddy here is I love, uh, uh, abandoning my family on a Friday evening uh, to sit and record two hours worth of conversation, uh, spend another hour editing it together, two hours uploading it and releasing it on time to make sure that uh, we're giving GW uh, the value that they deserve for sending us this stuff to review, uh, but then realizing that no one's going to watch it because, you know, it all leaked a month ago. Uh, so from like a selfish perspective there, I hate that part of it. Uh, and then uh, to more of what you guys were saying there, it takes a lot of the fun out of it there. 
and then it kind of it, it muddies all kinds of waters be like yeah tyranny codex has been out for a month you know like yeah we'll just can we use these rules no there's not a book you know right. it's just it's but again my kind of feelings on it are very personal and selfish where like i want to make these videos to review these things but what what kind of motivation do i have to do a, a codex review of codex tyranids right now so yeah. there, there's very little for me to do that it's um also for players playing at the time because mm -hmm. like a lot of units play completely different like a malceptor in the new codex is a very different beast than one of the old codex so it's tough because you're seeing like all those reviews of the new or not like discussion of the new book and you're getting the table you have an idea of what it's going to do and you're like oh wait it's still a month till the codex actually comes out if you prepare for this old codex you're not gonna be reading about the strategies reading about how to counter them so it leaves players attending tournaments in the middle kind of like this weird area because if you don't play the army now you're just you're all like confused about what's going on it's just mm -hmm. it's, a it's a tough situation and then ninth has seen massive changes for the how armies function and how are they're constructed so if you have access to the rules for your army a good six to eight weeks before it's released um that's going to actively disincentivize you from attending tournaments and going to events because why would i want to play with the old crappy eighth edition rules uh when i can just wait and play with the ninth edition ones whenever that might come out yeah. so <laughs> i don't think it's a good thing a lot of people do um a lot of people are saying uh, the other thing here that they should just keep asking them until they get annoyed and release it, which seems terrible. I guarantee whoever's at the end of that email chain that you're sending to the games workshop, it's an intern probably like earning like $6 an hour to respond like, yeah, I love Warhammer. Let's share my love. Oh, it's just a bunch of violent hate. Um, so someone <laughs> said here, um, I've tested harassing GW and it works. So saying this will do nothing is totally wrong. Uh, so congratulations, person on Facebook. You harassed the intern so much, they, they just yelled back, I don't care, uh, and typed something in there. And I don't think the harassment works. I just think that's the release schedule. Uh, you don't change a multinational, like, million-dollar company's release schedule because you said mean things to them by email. Uh, yeah, yeah, the logistics alone of that are, like, that's asinine. What a, what a, silly, yeah. what a silly statement. This hot take, Mike, is that there's one button, a GWHQ, for every release. They go, oh, press the turn it button, I guess. And <laughs> every store has just tearing his codex just out the back, just waiting. Yeah. Like, yeah. hey, <laughs> They've had it for months, man. Yeah. <laughs> the Chaos Codex, of course, is encased in glass and buried in cement and, you know, all that other kind of stuff that right beside itself. Open point. only in emergencies. <laughs> with, yeah. with like an asterisk beside it that says there are never any emergencies um guys the news say, players, John, just just yeah. the record when you made a comment about how oh man tyran is players who would want to play with a crappy old eighth edition codex we have ninth edition codex coming up i'm like um we'll, we'll talk about that one after the show john i've been <laughs> a year and a half now because here's the thing right at this point like it went through a period of being annoying and it's back to being funny. I'm like, I'm still playing an 8th edition codex. And like, <laughs> like, there's freaking 90 point void weavers running around. And I'm running like a book that came out five years ago. It's actually funny these days. It's not annoying anymore. It's genuinely not annoying. It's back to funny. Uh, jumping into chat here. We're going to touch on these a little bit here. They're saying squads dropping before CSM got a second wound. How's that for a meme? Oh, do I have thoughts on this? One, squads didn't drop. A single picture of one model with a very stylish haircut. Uh, dropped um two they said it's not going to be a full army and it's going to be like towards the end of the year and three the people telling me oh like the oh squats came before chaos got two wounds or the people trying to tell me when the chaos release date is going to be for the codex uh from the same news site and it's before squats ah uh, we'll get on to those later anyway 
uh, some more Age of Sigmar ish stuff, like kind of 40k adjacent. Um, oh, copyright. Uh, a new Slayer Sword champion was crowned a Golden Demon in 2022, and people weren't happy. Um, uh, as it says here, so this year's Slayer Sword, which by the way is a beautiful skink, um, uh, winner was a surprise for me. No OSL, no freehand, no extravagant base, no creative use of color theory, no custom sculpted parts. So, what did he do that got him the Slayer Sword that we are lacking? Uh, guys, Mike, what's your thoughts on this? For me, this is a stunningly painted miniature that I can't tell is painted uh, with great color blending and great use of color. Um, what is your thoughts on this game here? Yeah, John, I'm right there with you. It's one of those things where I think the big signal was the big comparison. I think it finished second. It was just this beautifully painted mini. Just, I mean, the, the, the non-metallic metal was just out of this world. But it, like, it was very clearly painted in the sense you look at it, you're like, this is a painted miniature. And you look at the skink, it just looks so natural. And there's a lot of value to that. And honestly, I almost feel like the Sigvold was more like painted for painters, whereas the skink is more painted for like how you use a mini on the tabletop. Um, like it doesn't distract from the experience. It's just, if you look at it, it's beautiful. It also fits right in. Um, I mean, they're both amazing minis though. I saw a lot of, mm -hmm. a lot of the internet anger on this was like way over the top for like a genuinely brilliantly painted mini. Like they were acting like it was garbage. It was, it was the weirdest thing. Yeah, and I guarantee weeks were spent on this guy here. Danny, you made yeah. mention that uh, throughout the, what you saw in the competition for Golden Demon, there wasn't a lot of conversions. Uh, there wasn't a lot of kind of extra things there. What, what are your thoughts on kind of this new direction for Golden Demon? Um, <clears throat> so I'm totally pro this, right? Like, I think that it's, uh, I think it's good for a representation of, of their miniatures. Like, if they're going to run this painting contest, I think it's totally okay for them to kind of gravitate more towards unaltered miniatures rather than like rather than basing this on like how good someone's conversion work is oh man and i love the sigvald model like more than basically anything else i think it is one of beautiful. the most beautiful miniatures i've ever seen and highlights how good games workshops design miniature design actually is like the balance of this miniature like the base isn't overly extravagant Amazing. Can I give a That's critique beautiful. of this compared to the first one, uh, compared to the skink and what I think actually cost it wasn't the non-metallic metals. It was the fact that the base and the miniature blended together color-wise. The base didn't that. make the miniature stand yeah. out uh, and kind of vice versa. Whereas with the skink, he was very vibrant and, and the miniature was the focus point where he kind of signaled beautifully done. He kind of gets lost in the base a little bit. I mean, that's an opinion. <laughs> like not a right one but it's an opinion it's an opinion yeah i said what i said um <laughs> but it, again it's a fantastic model uh, but again danny you just pointed out mine speaking of bad takes uh mike i can't wait to go oh, and then actually we're gonna get a side by side here um of sigvald and the the skink um and kind of I feel I have a good take on this thing. No, no, here. and I, I don't think you're wrong. Like, I don't think that you're entirely wrong, right? I think that there is, if you look at, like, the, the Sigvald miniature, like, with the exception of underneath the cloak, which is, like, kind of that nice warm red color, it's a really cold miniature. Like, mm -hmm. there's not yeah. a lot of super bright colors, and the grace is, the base is also gray, whereas the, the skink is mostly blue, and blue is traditionally a pretty cold color there. Um, but it has these nice, warm, vibrant tones, like with the feathers. And then also the base is nice and warm. It's kind of got that that nice gray-brown with kind of like some warm grass and that kind of stuff. I mean, it looks more natural in that respect. So, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I understand why the skink won. I think the color theory choices are better 
in that miniature over uh, like Sigvald. I just think Sigvald is painted better. Yeah, fair. And again, lots of comments from the chat here letting me know that that was too deep for me. Uh, guys, I don't always throw bad questions over with poor opinions about Warhammer. Occasionally, I have one or two deep thoughts. Uh, sorry, Mike, you were, you were going to say something there. No, I was just going to say it's kind of like um, for people that are big fans of classic rock and things like that. Like a lot of like the guitar aficionados will be like, oh, this like super complicated guitar solo is like the greatest song of all time. But people like Smoke on the Water, you know, just a simple thing done really, really, really well. So it's just, again, it's just different strokes, different folks. Perfect. Um, guys, speaking of bad takes, I'm not saying that your take was bad, Mike, saying my take was bad. That was a terrible segue this time. <laughs> Never mind. Um, this comment here kind of caught my eye from Facebook. Uh, Dear GW, let the community write the Chaos Codex, at least the basic structure. You can keep the money for our work. Um, one, this is probably not the best idea, but Mike, what is your ideal Chaos Space Marine Codex? I feel like I feel like if I say anything besides a rewrite of the 3.5 edition codex, like Chaos fans are going to just jump all over. Me. Like this is a loaded question, John. You have set me up for failure right here, Danny. I need some time to think, Danny. Okay, okay, okay. Danny, of course, you know uh, Mike with his Warhammer.com blog mm -hmm. is very invested in Chaos as an army. Danny, you you have every army that you're very invested in. Uh, yeah, sure. What do you, what do you want to see uh, for your ideal Chaos codex? John, I want to see a complete rewrite of the Chaos 3.5 Codex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The chat letting us know spiky bits are back. No, uh, we're not making entire guesses. Want about to hit roll? Hell yeah, let's do it. We're, we're not going to um, say we hit the entire range based off of our own opinion <laughs> of what something is going to be. Um, well, Mike? I think what fans really want is customization. Like I want marks to mean something. Like I want a mark to be a valuable thing. I want mm -hmm. icons to mean something. I want characters to get really cool upgrades. I, I want like demon princes to just have like options out the ass. I want to be able to do crazy things with demon princes. Well, Mike, one of the and issues... that's the thing with 3.5, right? Is that like, yes, that was a book of options. Like the whole thing was options and customization. And people love that, right? Like you could do so many different things with the units. Like, and that's what chaos should be, right? Your army should be yeah. very individual, very unique. Like, yeah, I think that, that that's 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 yeah. just a general general statement of what people want out of a chaos book. Yeah, because I will say right now with the current chaos book, and then back over to you here, Mike, it feels very clinical, right? The units are there. There's some strats. We have some some, some uh, like things that sort of work, but it doesn't feel overly sort of unique. Like it's I'm leading my war band. It's just sort of like this is the chaos army, right? Yeah, absolutely. And part of it is too, because of how, like the marks don't really give you any benefits. They just give you restrictions. Like, okay, I didn't give them this mark, so they can't do this cool thing. Like, I want to sit down and have a unit of like Terminators, for example. I don't want to think like, oh, they have to be Slanesh to get this benefit. I want to be like, oh, right. if I get Slanesh, I get this benefit. But oh, Corn, I get this benefit. Oh, and Nurgle, I get this benefit. And Zinch, I get this benefit. Or Undivided, we just do something just absolutely wild, you know? Sure. I want like every unit to have like every god be viable. Um, I mean, other than like, okay, berserkers are always going to be corn. But I want to mm -hmm. have like reasons to run things because again, like endless cacophony, being able to double shoot slash units is great. Okay, that's really cool, but that means there's absolutely no reason to make my shooting infantry anything besides slash, and that gets boring after like five years of the same codex, guys. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Totally what fair. are your sort of yeah. thoughts of some of we've heard some rumors and some very salt salt driven leaks coming out 
um, talking about cult-specific troops with, with other codex. So we're talking about like Rubric Marines, Plague Marines, the, the rumored uh, Berserkers, uh, being taken out of the main Chaos Space Marine book and just being found in their kind of God-specific codexes. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm not a big fan because if you actually read the lore, like you read like the Black Legion books, like he works with Berserkers. This is not like, oh, they're just world leaders. We can't work together. Um, or he'll work with Thousand Sons, you know? Because I think Chaos, again, is ultimately all about being able to do like this massive sandbox. Like anything you can think of in Chaos is in the lore somewhere and should be possible in the Codex. Um, so it's one of those things where I understand maybe from balance perspective, they don't want to give like eight attack berserkers or whatever to like any legion. But again, just like raise their points, find some way to, some lever to pull. Again, I want chaos to like whatever you can think of, even if it's not very good or point sufficient, I want to be able to put that on the tabletop, you know? Yeah. Um, what's your number one unit? And we're going to start here with Mike and go to go over to Danny. What's your number one chaos unit you want to see improved in this book? Oh, see, my first answer, I would say noise marines, but I think they're already pretty damn good. Um, so I would say probably <laughs> not mutilators, definitely not mutilators. They can just go disappear. Oh. Sorry, um, mutilators are going the way of the chaplain dread, not probably, <laughs> sadly. Yeah, but I don't want raptors. I think raptors are an iconic unit, especially for night lords. Mm -hmm. right, now their main benefit is, oh, they're just cheap, you know? I don't want the unit to just be, oh, they're the cheapest flying thing we can do. I want raptors to like hit like trucks, have really cool things with like leadership or tying people up. Just get creative, GW. Like it's an amazing codex, amazing design space. Make things weird. Yeah. Danny, what about you? What's your number one unit you want to see improve? Possessed. Possessed. Mm, yes. I want to see possessed get cool. Like like I know that they were a build like for a for a while, but like a new model kit would go a long way for them, I feel like, because the current one is like um, and, uh, I would like to see, uh, I would like to see the rules be, I don't want to say more random, but like more customizable. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Sort of like a pregame build your own possessed rather than kind yeah. of what we have now yeah. where you sort of, oh, and that's how it was in 3.5. You would give them different demonic gifts and that was the thing that they could do. And that could be represented in, you know, a myriad of different ways, right? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, Iron Warriors Possessed had a bunch of cybernetics and things like that, or like yeah. they could have jump packs, right, to represent demonic flight, or talents would be represented by a bunch of different things. I don't know. I think there's just a lot of design room to play around with with that particular yeah. unit. And I will say, until that point, uh, Galvor back make a very expansive, yet very beautiful Possessed, uh, sort of far <laughs> yeah. better. Far better than the current sculpts. Um, hey, Danny, last week we were fairly critical of Mikey from Hellstorm Wargaming and his idea for a comp system for 40k. Uh, and to our surprise, either Mikey watches us or one of you guys ratted us out uh, with Mikey letting us know. And that was answered to me later when I saw the rest of the comments. And one of the comments was, hey, Mikey, 33 minutes and three seconds. Uh, so good job. You missed most of it. Um, but he did say that it's great that the only critique we gave to the community comp is the Death Guard changes, which was a random user comment. Uh, so now that we're looking at this uh, document that the Hellstorm Wargaming put up as sort of a place to generate and keep uh, the community's ideas. Danny, does that change your idea about this document? No. It's just a way of like generating content? No, not even a little bit. Like... <laughs> The point of the, so we didn't critique the document itself because the whole concept is stupid. Like <laughs> nobody wants to go back to comp. Like that's yeah. just, that's just bad. Yeah. Like Mike, what, no. what's your like, views on comps? My views ultimately, again, the fact that you can go anywhere around the world and basically play in the same game, 
like people don't realize just how valuable that is. Because here's the thing, right? You ask one of the big reasons people play 40K in the first place is because it's a game played everywhere, basically. Like, again, I moved from the East Coast to Alaska. Bam, I can pick up 40K. It's played the exact same way it was at home. I can make friends. I can carry over the skills and models. Like, if people start fracturing again, and it's like, oh, if I move somewhere or meet someone in a different, like, online form, they might play a different game. That's horrible. Like, at that point, just go play a different game. Like, 40K is part of the size. It's a huge part of the, you know, value proposition. Yeah, absolutely. And and to that, we say, uh, community <laughs> comp is hard. And you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain. Uh, Reese is years removed from the ITC rules comp, uh, and he still has a cartoonishly evil mustache. Uh, so make of that what you will. Um, Danny. Uh, John, with bad style yeah. choices. Like, that's what that is. It's bad style choices. Like, if you're going to grow that handlebar mustache, like, you're going to be a villain for the rest of your life. I mean, you could say that, or you could realize that, you know, Reese ultimately owns the platform we're on. Best mustache I've ever seen. Yeah, for sure. Bring it on again, yeah. I'll keep talking about the mustache as often as you want. <laughs> That these hot takes it's been firing everybody tonight the boss you know everyone um then i have a special one for you there here as uh val actually found uh my favorite review of all time as someone lovingly left uh our show specifically a review on the frontline gaming network uh where we love our five star reviews saying we're filler uh, let me read this one here for you guys and mike you feel free to jump on here too uh grim after dark one star why is this show still on the last episode spent the first 20 minutes with the hosts trying to outdo each other in obnoxiousness. I hate to leave a review like this. Well, I don't think you do. Uh, as I'm sure that they aren't very well paid. Uh, but seriously, this show makes every other show in the network seem worse simply by being associated with it. Not sure if the hosts are actively trying to be nearly unlistenable, in which case they are succeeding. Succeeding is something, Val. Uh, or if they just need some actual help from the rest of the FLG network. Uh, Danny, before I throw this to you, I will say I did reach out to Paul Murphy from the Thursday show to ask for help. Uh, he did let me know that he's really nice to meet a fan. Uh, he, he, he appreciates me listening. Uh, Danny, what is your thoughts on this wonderful review? <laughs> I mean, to be honest, they're spot on. Like, I can't even argue with this. Like, it's just, it's just a good, it's just a good, accurate review of our content. Um, you know, uh, it's hard to fault somebody for for feeling something that's so accurate to uh, to, to, to the way that we make content here. So, uh, yeah, I've gone ahead, uh, same as you, John. I reached out to Seth. Uh, oh, sorry, Matt, <laughs> and uh, he told me to kick rocks. Yeah. Yeah, yep. I, I reached out to actually Adam Cavallari as well, and he he said, "Who uh, and what show?" And then he agreed to host it for the next five years. So we appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, probably talked to you for an hour too, right? Yeah. <laughs> one future segment idea people would love to see is a review of reviews of the show. That'd be really cool. Oh, man. Those. spicy! Man. And that's a free idea. You guys can just have that one. Thanks, man. We, we passed our April Fool's episode, but that would have been a great one. We just we read what people say about us, guys. I implore you, uh, the loyal Grim After Dark listener audience, to fill our iTunes page with five star reviews that are just copy paste of this text. Uh, just put that in there. The important part: five stars. Uh, the rest completely accurate but you yeah. know we got algorithms uh mike you've done content creation for a long time again you warhammer blog you have uh your discord as well um how do you handle kind of being in the spotlight and kind of having people maybe not give you the best feedback to what you're doing 
honestly, this is the crazy part. Um, I feel like coming in with like Warhammer, the original idea was straight up just to create like the website I wish had existed when I got in 40k. Um, and I feel like just with that mindset, like the community has been like weirdly positive. Like when I first when I was first starting it, like there were some negative reviews and they would kind of eat at me a little bit. But now like really like the overwhelming amount of feedback is is positive by internet standards. Um, and part of it is honestly, you have to remember, like, okay, let me say, like, I'm trying to make this non-specific so no one can figure out exactly what happened. I'm um, it right now, bro. <laughs> but I published basically a guide to playing a certain faction, right? Um, and I posted it on an online website or forum. Um, and one of the reviews, one of the first comments was like, this is just moronic. Like, this guy has, has no idea what he's talking about. Um, I played the faction pretty well. I was one of the top ranked ITC players, and I'm not like saying the greatest player in the world, but I have a pretty good guide. Um, and it's because they miscategorized the Space Marines at uh, uh, that Las Vegas event. Yeah, That's I was actually a top ADNEC player, but they confused it with cast Space Marines. Easy mistake to make. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm, I fully admit I'm petty. So I took this person, I took in the ITC rankings, control F their name, checked, and they'd gone 0 and 3 at two RTTs. They were telling me I had no idea how to play the faction. And I kind of realized it's the internet. Anyone can be making a comment, and it could be a completely coming from a place of having no knowledge. And I stopped taking a lot less person after that. How many is that, times? Is that, is, that petty? You, like, is that petty to do that? I don't no, know. How many times did you write that reply to them and then delete it? <laughs> um, Basically not. I just hit block and moved on. Oh. That's really one of the, like the secrets to enjoying the internet is just being able to just hit block and move on. So for, for me, like uh, part of the reason like Danny and I's partnership works is because I am an extremely petty person, and Danny, you can confirm this. <laughs> but instead of like just putting my pettiness out to the world, I just tell Danny what I would do, and then he just laughs, and then I move on. And then I think the world is a nicer place. Guys, you have no idea how many nuclear like like nuclear explosions I've diffused by <laughs> laughing at John's jokes. It's, like, it's very can you tell us one of these? Can like you tell listeners yeah. John's situation you've diffused? Yeah. Can I tell a situation where I've diffused? Oh my god! Uh, but not, no, maybe one recently. No, honestly, I can't. <laughs> like, there's too many other content creators involved here. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> say stuff that's going to get me in trouble. Uh, yeah, but but for real, like, uh, <laughs> there's been quite a few. Let's just put it that way. Uh, Danny, you're like an insanely positive person most of the time, unless, you know, we mention people's fashion choices of facial hair, uh, their reviews, or maybe their, their way of winning Age of Sigmar competitions. Um, how do you react to kind of the feedback you get? Oh, I don't care. I mean, they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's okay. They can have their opinion. Everybody's entitled to have their opinion, but like, yeah. uh, they're, especially their wrong opinion. And in this case, like, I mean, obviously, uh, I mean, this person, sorry. To reiterate what I said earlier, this person is 100% correct, but like most people are definitely wrong about what they what they decide to write on the internet. And if you don't take the approach that you're right about everything, I mean, what are you even doing on here? Exactly. Uh, guys, moving on here. Uh, April Fool's was last week. Uh, we were going to do a thing where we would just play every single story completely straight. Like it was like actually true news things. Um, but this year there was only like, four maybe five april fool stories that, that kind of came out i think everyone is just 
um, real sick of life right now, and we don't need that kind of evil in the world. Uh, but there was one or two that we had out there that we super enjoyed. Um, the, the April Fool's jokes came in strong and hard last week with HGTV star and frontline event manager Kicker Closdy kicking it off with this, uh, letting us know the Arctic Open uh, 1C uh, was coming uh, as a super major to Fairbanks, Alaska, uh, December 30th to 31st. Uh, Mike, you're in Alaska. Danny, you were. Uh, guys, why is this just offensive? Arctic. Oh, go ahead, Mike. One, because if there was an event held here, it would be Anchorage. I I love the guys in Fairbanks. So many good guys up there. There's no way people are going up to Fairbanks. Yeah. It can be the biggest term in the world. Just not worth it. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, yeah, nobody wants to go to a garbage town with garbage players to like to play in an event. Um, but but important. But more importantly, um, like he spelled Arctic wrong. Like I got so mad when I when I saw that. Like I was like, what is he even doing? Um, like I mean, if you're gonna make a joke, like fact check yourself, like a small amount, right? And uh, buddy, I, this this event was so much of a joke that it wasn't even worth hitting spell check on. Like, <laughs> let, let that sink in. The idea of a super major in Alaska doesn't warrant a spell check. Man, oh, that, that makes me sad on a deep, deep level. On a deep level, uh, and I will say it is a garbage town with garbage people. Uh, all the good ones move south. I uh, love you, Tim. Uh, so, speaking of things that should be real, uh, FLG also shared this new product. Um, champion frontline gaming's deodorant, uh, gaming brand deodorant, champions of odor, which guys to me makes it seem like they're like they win at smelling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mike, what has been kind of the worst hygiene situation you've had at an event? Because there's some kind of stereotype that, that these gamers uh, might not be the cleanest people. Uh, what's been the worst situation for you at the table? You're like, oh, well, maybe I'll just concede. Um, so I remember it was one of the first GTs I attended and the round had finished up. I really had to go to the bathroom. They drank too much water during the event. A pro tip, everyone drink a lot of water during events. Um, I was really waiting to go to the bathroom and there's only one bathroom at the event for whatever reason. And I waited, knocked on the doors, waiting, totally fine. Played around my phone. Person comes out. Um, it's a friend. Just say hi. Not much interaction to have at the moment. They walked away. I walked in and I swear swear to god i walked in and that smell literally i i physically recoiled like i basically jumped backwards out of the bathroom and i was sitting there and i just i was ready to explode at that point i had to decide like was standing in that bathroom for the next minute or two worth potentially having this publicly embarrassing situation and i decided there was nothing that could possibly happen that'd be worse than having to go into that bathroom (laughs) Um, thankfully everything worked out uh there was a deli next door or something I remember sitting there thinking, like, am I really going to go ahead and publicly have to <laughs> piss my pants to avoid going into the bathroom after him? And I decided that, yes, there was nothing possible worse that could happen. I will say, you did just say, extol the virtues of uh, drinking lots of water in an event, and then immediately followed it up with an idea of why it's a bad idea to drink lots of water in an event. And that's still a good idea to drink lots of water. It's not a good idea to drink genuinely insane amounts of water, like I was doing at the time. There's That's like fair. A healthy, there's a healthy in between somewhere. Uh, Danny, what about you? What are what are some hygiene emergencies you've had? Well, I mean, I haven't had hygiene emergencies. I feel like, uh, but 
Uh, I mean, as a as a man who who sweats a lot, I definitely second the uh, the drinking water thing. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm well known for that, actually. <laughs> but that being and and of course, deodorant is important too, right? Um, the yeah. the worst thing I've seen is for an individual player to be asked to put his shoes on during an event, um, <laughs> like. <laughs> That happened, and then uh, during the same event, um, and th- this like the person was going to the restroom, like the public restroom with no shoes on. Um, oh, oh no! Yeah, it's bad. Um, <laughs> straight up, took some. I, I, I'm not proud of this. I mean, I'm a little proud of this, but we took some of those. Uh, you know, the magic, the magic guy who was doing the uh, who was doing the praying, uh, the praying mm. thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, taking pictures of people's butt cracks. Well, that definitely happened to this person during the event. So uh, it Wait, was the, uh, man, it was just a classy team. time all around. Uh, come yeah. to a tournament in Alaska, but pull up yeah. your pants and wear shoes. Yeah, well, we'll do things with uh, <laughs> got people banned from playing Magic competitively to you. <laughs> <laughs> its home is now Warhammer Forty Thousand. <laughs> Uh, guys, not to be outdone, the army painter let us know that scented paint was coming uh, with their uh, hopefully fake sense of war range. Uh, starting with you here, Mike, uh, what would the worst smelling paint color be? I would say probably actually a blood for the blood god type paint that actually smelled like dry blood. I don't know if you actually smell dry blood in large quantities. It is physically repulsive. Um, we don't need to go. Why did you far. move to Alaska again, Mike? About a year. <laughs> <laughs> about a year about a year and a half ago I'll let you know. <laughs> so yeah that, that oh. copper tinged blood for the blood god style thing danny what's the worst uh painted uh pink color i can tell you them? right now that the original batch of uh oh man what were those those the, they were the one coat super thick pigment paints they smelled yeah. so bad when you opened them like i had a deneb stone that smelled so terrible, like it smelled awful when I opened up the pot. I can tell you right now, uh, that was the worst smelling paint I've ever smelled. Mm, terrible. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Oh, gross. I got I got coppery smells now. Uh, one joke, however, that stuck was squats. Uh, now reborn uh, as the League of Votan. And if you do interact with me on the internet, I will actually correct you every single time you say squats to the League of Votan. Uh, it is not funny, but by the time I keep doing it for like, I think, Danny, like a year, maybe yeah. a year and a half, that's when it starts getting funny. Um, but anyway, guys, we have I'm telling you, this is the stuff that I try and prevent happening. But John doesn't let jokes go. They'll just keep going. He'll do the same joke for a year until it's funny. And then it eventually will be funny. Like, you're going <laughs> to laugh whether you like it or not. So, uh, guys, yeah. I've turned uh, talking about uh, the TV character Frasier. Uh, from the TV show Frasier uh, into a joke. Uh, <laughs> of doing this. Uh, I, I've turned Nick Nanavati uh, standing in front of me in a bar line into a joke. Uh, and it, well, it took to a couple of years, but we got there. Uh, much like this show, it takes a long time, but hopefully it'll, it'll be funny at some point. Uh, but this guy here was not happy about it. We have a lot of people not happy about the League of Bataan coming. Uh, he says, yet another army before all the current armies have received the ninth codex. 40k is already bloated and unbalanced enough, and now another army. It seems like GW doesn't really care about making a good balanced game, but just pushing more models without interest for their current customers who have already spent a lot of money and still have received the codex. Um, 
I'm going to just jump in here real quick. They don't care about making a balance game. Uh, they want to make some beautiful models that, that people hopefully buy, and they're going to balance it to the point where people stop yelling at their interns through email. Um, but guys, what are your thoughts on this new army announcement, uh, especially kind of before every codex is, is updated, uh, starting you with you, Danny? Well, I'm sad I can't use the term squatted on stuff anymore. Like, it's just... Uh, Votand. It's not yeah, real. Votand? Votand. The army gets You know, Votand. John, they are still squats. That's just the imperial slur for their for their race. <laughs> That's right. That's right. They got Votand. <laughs> or leagued. They got small leagued. Leagued? Yeah. Big leagued? Yeah. Or small leagued. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Do you think they're going to have Scottish accents? I mean, they definitely did in the preview. How does that make you feel? They did in the preview. Um, yeah, that does. I mean, I, uh, essentially, I, and we were talking about this earlier in the week, and I dug up an old um, uh, post from Jervis Johnson, uh, one of the, again, founders of, of Warhammer, about mm -hmm. why they didn't have squats in second edition. Like, they made the Rogue Trader models. There's rules for them in the second edition box. Um, and essentially it came down to the fact that they couldn't do them justice uh, because what they had come out with, like the weird trikes with the big things was just dwarfs, but in space. And then that wasn't something that interested them or something that they didn't know where to take the army from. Um, so I'm hoping this time, like, I don't want the Scottish accents because if we get to a point where the army is just dwarfs in space, which I know, Danny, you have some fun memories, but the, the Mantic space dwarf range is is absolutely terrible uh, this is hot fire here um and you don't even have to fund a kickstarter to get my opinion on that. Um, <laughs> unlike mantic that was a joke like yeah. their business yeah. model but it's just sci-fi dwarfs and i have no no interest in playing or playing against just sci-fi dwarfs why would you put a metal beard on your dreadnought it's just sort of weird like lego movie did it better uh so like that's why when i saw this initial this initial model come out where it's just the single one um like i was excited because it doesn't look like a dwarf it looks like uh, like a, a, a worker or a miner or something it looks like something futuristic and different and you can have classical dwarf elements of the short legs the, the beards uh things like that uh, but it doesn't have to be great hair great hair but it doesn't have to be just a straight ripoff of a dwarf uh mike what, what's your take on that range yeah, I feel like at this point, dwarf stereotypes are just so... Okay, for example, we have Fire Slayers in Age of Sigmar. Definitely not classical dwarfs in any sense. Like, the fan base is still making, like, uh, Book of Grudges jokes all the time. I feel there's, like, five dwarf references and jokes that, like, everyone knows, and they just can't collectively let go. Um, so, yeah, if, the, if, like, the League of Votan is actually, like, an interesting sci-fi race, I'm all for it. But if it's just more dwarf stereotypes, I have to hear, like, oh, that's going in the Book of Grudges... Every time I kill one of their models again for another three decades or whatever, uh, that's that would be unfortunate. I think the important takeaway here is it's you, the player, that makes this unbearable. Uh, so really, it's up to you uh, well, how this army is received. John, um, John this is the perfect army for you. If you keep telling the same joke over and over again for years, people are going to find you saying like, this is going in the book of grudges, like amusing at some point, right? Yeah, that, that's how you win LVO. It's just by bad <laughs> jokes. It's jokes. It's jokes. You just make your opponent laugh so hard they clock out and you're like, hey, I got you. You laugh on your own time. It's true. Uh, <laughs> guys, we're, we're so close here. Uh, finally, uh, this one kind of stood out to me here. It's a health and safety warning here uh, with a oh, response yeah. from the media person of Frontline Gaming. Uh, a person asked here, 
Can the mats, again, uh, Frontline Gaming's mats, be put in the wash? How could I get that nasty residue off the back of the neoprene so my hands don't taste like hell after I roll the mats? Uh, to which Frontline responded, why are you rubbing your mats then tasting your hands? <laughs> <laughs> Daddy, uh, Matt, Fair question. We, we, fair question. We all have yeah. these mats. Um, have you ever, like, I don't know, decided to rub them and see what they tasted like? Well, I mean, I've definitely eaten a meal off of a of a frontline gaming mat before. Just maybe not directly, but I, you know, I put a plate on top of one and eaten something. But yeah. I don't think I've like you moved massaged the mat and then eaten like hot wings or something. Uh, is that what's happening in this scenario? I, I don't know. And I did ask you not to eat hot wings on my table, and now that my snow capped mountains are in fact uh, all covered in, in wing sauce. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. really keeps the terrain from sliding around is what keeps I heard. the terrain from sliding around. Guys, we're going to log out here in a second. Uh, we should all rejoice. The league is over. Our last picture here is this beautiful boy uh, with his League of Votan, uh, StarCraft II inspired. It all went full circle. Uh, Space Marines to StarCraft to, to League of Votan. Uh, what are your takes on the design aesthetic of these guys? Uh, starting with you, Mike. I think uh, they're um, they're interesting. I just want to see them get weird, you know. Like I feel, think they're afraid to get too weird. Like they're all gonna be like kind of like very human esque dwarves. I just want them to do just like wild stuff. Just like I can't even think of anything right now off the top of my head. I just don't want them to like play it safe, you know. Also, yeah. want the pictures. <laughs> I want your fingers to taste good after holding the miniatures, but that's too much. <laughs> that's <fun>. important too. <laughs> Yeah. Well, no one discusses what the taste of your fingers is like with these new models. It's not just the design aesthetic anymore. Uh, Danny, what's the craziest? What is the craziest Votan model you want to see out of this new range? Well, I think this model. First of all, this model is crazy enough. Like, look at him. He's got in in the forty in the forty first millennium. They definitely haven't outlawed like the toe shoes. Um, like that's something that they're, that they're just going to oh, go. I never with. noticed that too. he's wearing. To that's so disgusting. <laughs> and then also like, I really like the futuristic design. I think he's got a flamer. I feel like that's what that weapon is. Um, like it's kind of just got like a bunch of extra pieces bolted onto it to make it look more futuristic than the normal, like Imperial flamer, which I like quite a lot. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm super excited for this faction. I think they look super cool. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to see how big the beards get. Mm -hmm. I will true. say, uh, to, to kind of put this out here, the way that the Demurg, uh, as they were sort of renamed uh, before the Tyranids ate their homeworld and they became a space race, uh, they kind of got tacked on to the Tau Empire as one of their sub-things, and they helped them with ion technology. And if you look at the gun that the guy's holding, at the very back, there's a very Tau-esque circle uh, right there. So I'm expecting some crazy yeah. guns, some crazy guys, um, and just all kinds of cyclic fun. Uh, not for your fish go people anymore. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for coming on. Why don't you get your stuff plugged? Let everyone know where to find you. Yeah, guys, absolute pleasure as always. Um, if you want to see more chaos content, go ahead and hop over to warphammer.com. And that is warp uh, horizontal hyphen thing. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. I think it's dash, hyphen, right? I think it's dash, yeah. Horizontal dash warp punctuation mark hammer.com. Um, lots of great articles, lots of great videos, got a great discord, got a great Patreon. If you want some personal chaos lists or coaching, if you just want to talk about chaos, hop on in, lots of great resources. And, um, we're all pretty excited about these upcoming books. I just, I seriously can't wait. Chaos nights are going to be a ton of fun. Um, 
CSM going to be a ton of fun. And I know demons are going to do something really wild. So can't wait. Yeah. Exciting few months. Danny, anything you want to throw in here before we sign on out? No, I'm good. Thanks for coming on, Mike. We really enjoyed having yeah. you. Appreciate yeah, it. John. Pleasure as always. And John, hope to see you some of these Anchorage tournaments soon. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm excited to probably bring you back on here when, when Chaos Knights uh, have their moment in the sun. Uh, as uh, Warhammer community is probably hinting that that's going to be pretty soon here. And uh, that's very exciting. Uh, well, guys, uh, another great week in Grim After Dark. Thank you so much for coming on here. Thank you to Mike for coming in. Uh, some great community content. Please, guys, five-star reviews on iTunes. Only copy-pastes of that very accurate opinion. Uh, we really appreciate that. Uh, we will be back next Monday. So until then, uh, we'll see you Monday.